Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Boom Comic Source collaboration. We're here to talk about Ghost Machine number one, dropped last Wednesday from Image Comics. Uh, it's an imprint. It's a, a publishing line, if you will. You know, Image is really the the only true 100% creator-owned um, publisher out there, right? Where they don't take any percentages at all, uh, and you own everything. But as sort of a uh, the flip side of that. You have to do everything yourself. You got to do your own marketing. You got to do your own promotions. You got to do your own editing and all all that sort of stuff. So this is Jeff Johns's uh, imprint, if you will. His his basically his comic book company uh, at this point, but being published under Image, so they they will handle a few things, right? Logistics in terms of getting your book printed, getting it shipped, uh, and and. Sometimes getting it distributed, it just depends on what kind of deal you sign with with Image. So, what's interesting is, you know, previous to this, Johns was doing his own kind of a smaller imprint at Image Comics that was just characters he created and characters that he co-owned along with his co-creators. Um, and there was hints of more things to come, right? So it all started off with Geiger, uh, which I really enjoyed. Gary Frank, his longtime collaborator, was the artist on it. Um, and then there were a few other things hinted at, right? Like GI, uh, GI, um, I want to say GI Joe, but it's not, it's not, and it's not GI robot GI. What's it called? The, is it GI Joe? It's not, I think you're muted. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, um, oh, there's so many, uh, characters here. Um, I have it right here. It's, uh, yeah. G I oh maybe I don't have it. Yeah, Junkyard Joe. Junkyard Joe. That's Junkyard what it is. Joe. Not, not, yeah. yeah, Junkyard Joe, which is basically a, a robotic soldier. Um, and and yeah, then we we had this the unnamed, and there was others hinted at. Red coat drawn by Brian Hitch and um, the Northerner, and and yeah, we saw this timeline and and what have you. But an interesting thing happened along the way, right? Like before that, those are the only two that came out was Geiger and Junkyard Joe, and then before any of the rest could come out before the unnamed, before any of the other mysteries revealed. Uh, John said an interesting thing and he, he invited in a bunch of, of his other creator friends to come and join him. I'm guessing that's why the name had to be changed. So it went from being called mad ghost to being called ghost machine. And my understanding is that everybody who's a part of ghost machine has equity in, in the company. So it's not so different from a little company that you may have heard us talk about before called Bad Idea. They were sort of the first ones to, to do this and they did it years ago. Um, and it's a real incentive for the, the creators to, to do their best work because they, and, and to have these things show up in other mediums because they, they own the rights. No one else owns the rights except for the creators that are working on the project. So um, as kind of a, a, a launch of, of Ghost Machine proper, I guess you'd say, they put out this one shot uh, with some characters that we've seen before, some characters that have been hinted at before, and then some brand new characters. So I'll run through them uh, real quickly, the stories that you have in here. We have the Unnamed, which is sort of the um, – almost like a spine story, if you will, uh, that runs through the Jeff John story that talks about uh, who these characters are and how they're they're related, if you will. Um and so for anybody who hasn't read any of the Geiger stuff, there is a Geiger story in here from Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and Brad Anderson on colors that sort of uh, 
gives a recap of the story so far, if you uh, if you will, so you could kind of get caught up. And then there's a, a red coat story. This is the first time we've seen a red coat story in print. Uh, I mentioned before the artist is uh, Brian Hitch, written by Jeff Johns. Again, Brad Anderson on colors. And then we have that unnamed timeline that Rocky had um, on the screen before, as well as uh, kind of an explanation, a text piece on who the unnamed are. And then completely away from that little corner of the Jeff Johns universe, the unnamed corner, if you will, we have a Rook Exodus story, which again, Jeff Johns is writing, but this time he brings in another fabulous artist. Uh, and this guy, he hit it so big, so fast. Like he doesn't have a huge body of work because he became so popular so quickly. And then now he kind of like only does stuff with Jeff and he, he probably, you know, he does covers now and then for people and he probably gets to charge, you know, like six grand, 10 grand to cover because they sell so well. I'm talking about Jason Fabuck, uh, who people will know from Batman Eternal. Uh, he did the three jokers, uh, with, um, with Jeff Johns as well. He worked with Jeff uh, also on his Justice League series for a little while. Again, Brad Anderson on colors. And that Rook Exodus story is a story about these uh, these people who are on a, sort of a, a planet that was supposed to be terraformed and used to grow food, and then things kind of grow sideways. But everybody that goes to that planet, they're, they're a Rook, and they've been given powers by the corporation that sort of runs the different uh, planets and um, that are supposed to be mined or used for agriculture or what have you, they give the ability to talk to a certain uh, type of animal, right? So there's one guy that's so, sort of can talk and control pigs. One guy can do birds. One guy can do foxes. One guy can do wolves, that sort of thing. So we get a, a story, you get an idea of the, that world to get to see Fabex great art. And then we have a couple text pieces that talk about those wardens. And then we get into the non uh, Jeff John stuff. We have uh, a story uh, in the Family Odyssey's corner of uh, Ghost Machine. The first one is called Rocket Fellers, kind of a, a takeoff on the, the family name Rockefellers. And these are people from the future who are hiding out in the past. And it's written by Peter J. Tomasi, fantastic art by Francis Manipal. And then there's another story by Peter Tomasi, this time with Peter. I'm going to butcher this name. He's a Danish artist. He's done some work, um, a lot of work for DC in the past, but I think it's Peter Snedgeberg. I'm not 100% um, on that, but that's basically a really interesting story. So Heaven and Hell, we all know they've been at war in you know literature for centuries. Uh, so in order to finally bring the war to an end, they do like what Darkseid and Highfather did. They exchange sib uh, uh offspring, right? So the woman uh, or the little girl that uh, was born um, from hell, basically, gets to go be with the uh, family of angels. And then the boy that was born from the family of heaven has to go be with the, the family of uh, devils, if you will. So uh, Hornsby and Halo, that one's called. And then we move to the, sort of the horror section of Ghost Machine, Hyde Street, where we've got uh, a couple more Jeff Johns stories, Hyde Street Amusements, uh, which is Jeff Johns, Lamont McGee, and uh, Yvonne Reese handling the art listed as storytellers. And then we've got Hyde Street itself, Jeff Johns and Yvonne Reese uh, as storytellers, Danny Mickey handles the inks, Brad Anderson on colors. And then finally, Devour, uh, which really short, just a couple page story, uh, which was really, really interesting to me. And that's by, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Metal Zedget. 
The last name is Z-C-H-U-T uh, with Yvonne Reese Art, Danny Mickey, Brad Anderson on colors. Uh, and then there's a ton of variant covers. So these are interesting concepts. And there's also a couple of text pieces, as I mentioned, uh, and not just text pieces that talk about the story, but text pieces that talk about Ghost Machine itself, because when you, you give that lineup, um, you know, there's some real star power here. And there's also some people you've probably never heard of, right? So let me go over who's a part of Ghost Machine so far. Uh, and I, they're, they've said they're recruiting other people. And I think they've even announced a couple of that haven't had a chance to work uh, in any of the Ghost Machine, at least in this published um, comic yet. But yeah, Jason Fabok, Gary Frank, Brian Hitch, Jeff Johns, Francis Manipal, Brad Meltzer's one that uh, he didn't have anything in this book, but it's a name people know. Best-selling novelist, like New York Times bestseller novelist, Yvonne Reese, uh, Peter J. Tomasi. Now, Lamont McGee and Maytel Zidget, people I've probably never heard of. So Lamont McGee was a writer on The Flash TV series. Um so in that Greg Berlanti CW verse, as it will, I'm sure that's how he crossed paths with Jeff Johns. He's written uh, a, a comic before. Uh, he had a story in last year's DC Power uh, one shot. And now Zaytal, she's never worked. This is her first published comic work. Uh, her background is um, as a, a like a script coordinator, um, story uh, writer's room coordinator, what have you, on the Stargirl TV show which Jeff Johns was heavily involved in. Obviously he created Stargirl um, sort of based on his sister, like a lot of her traits and what have you, his sister that tragically died in a, in a plane crash. Um, so yeah, they're bringing in some new voices as well. Some people that have never had the chance to, uh, to write comics, which I think is, uh, is really interesting. And then Peter Snedgeberg, as I said, he's done a ton of work before for DC, but not anything in a long time. Um, Starman and, uh, work on Sandman or the things he's, he's most noted for, but yeah, a guy lives in, um, in Denmark, Danish, super talented, uh, as well. So overall, I thought this was a, a great introduction because you get a little sort of taste and hint of all the different, or not all, but the stories that, that are sort of, uh, on the schedule as it were to be, to be released. Um, but you also get a chance to hear, from Ghost Machine as a company, you know, kind of what their values are, what they're what they're doing in terms of creator equity, how they're being different than other uh, publishing um, entities. And I, I mean, this is something I want to support. First of all, the stories and the art are fantastic, so I'm I'm in for that reason. But also the fact that it's not creators being screwed over. Like how many times did we talk about Marvel and DC stuff where we're like, that's not right? You know, Ed Brubaker not getting any money for anything related to the winter soldier. That's not right. That's, that's his idea. He should be getting some royalties for that. So uh, anyway, I thought this was just fantastic. Uh, Rocky, what were your thoughts uh, on ghost machine kind of as a, as an entity and, and creator equity. And then on, on uh, this issue in particular. Uh, uh, well, like I, I love the, uh, this is probably distillery done, done right. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I love the concept here. If 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 there's one minor gripe, and it's minor, this feels like uh, it feels a little bit like a giant advertisement, uh, which uh, and a lot of these it stories I've, I've already seen before. 
Uh, and and it's interesting because Jeff Johns actually said in more than one interview, he did an interview with Comic Pals, uh, him and uh, Gary Frank, and they were talking about how uh, actually Jeff Johns is actively trying to move against variant covers. They're, they're not going to have a billion covers every issue, but he said the one exception is going to be this ghost machine. And of course, there's a whole pile of, of different covers, uh, you know, uh, you know, dealing with all the various uh dealing with all the various characters here and it is it is pretty cool there, there's a lot of uh, lots of cool covers and I, I have to admit i'm getting a whole pile of them because i'm i really enjoyed them i i really also like the concept on some of this stuff my uh, my my personal favorite that i'm looking forward to the most is hyde street i i like the fact that with hyde street it, it reminded me you know all those crazy uh, back in the day growing up when i was young you know all the advertisements in comic books where you could buy like x-ray glasses and what have you and just crazy things and and that Hyde street is it's almost like it's interactive all those all those ads you you have you read in the comic books you know it's related to this character called mr hyde and if you buy this stuff it's almost almost it, you get twilight zone vibes from it and it's this all the all the mysterious and terrible things have happened on Hyde street or for for a over a century and so there's there's a mystery there and i like the way it's teased and it's jeff johns and ivan Re ivan reese and i'm so i'm really looking forward to that fantastic art obviously jeff johns is a great writer so i'm actually really looking forward to that the other one that i'm looking forward to uh quite a bit is i i like i i do like red coat i like red coat because <laughs> i i i just uh, i like because he's He's kind of a he's kind of a dick of a character, and he's probably the worst person to be immortal. But he doesn't seem to die. He's got origins in 1776, and he's wandered through America, and he's juxtaposed against another character called the Northerner, who is a mysterious character. And and you know, uh, just a way to whet the appetite. I'm sort of a history buff, and I like the fact that they've sort of built, they've created their own timeline here, and uh, of and the this this unnamed this timeline starts in 17. 76 and it ends 25 years from now and it, and and you can see all the some of the characters we met already junkyard joe uh and uh, geiger but there's the monster and then there's american widow x we're introduced to this other character this is this character i think sarah's her name she becomes president of the united states uh and and who's the first ghost there's so many questions that we have now i know jeff johns is really good at drawing history here he's really good at drawing and connecting the lines in a universe that can be really screwed up like the dc universe he's really good at putting lipstick on a pig of continuity that's a mess he's really good at that this is jeff johns with a with a a-level talent creative team starting from scratch here the biggest thing that can go wrong is delays, delays, delays. Because when I think of Jeff Johns, I think of two things, quality storytelling and waiting a long time to get the quality storytelling. And I'm hoping that with, I hope that with all the, all the talk and the, he's, he's given interviews and he's saying all the right things, but he said all the right things before too. Um, I, I want, I don't want there to be delays here because I'm, I'm really enjoying these characters. I love Junkyard Joe. I love uh, Geiger. These are really good characters, but you know, I, I just want them to, to push this stuff. I want this stuff to come out on time and in a timely manner. And we're still, we're four months in advance here. I think the first issue hits in April, according to all the solicitations here. So they've had plenty of time to, to put, 
probably four or five, hopefully the first story arc in the bag before the first issue even comes out of some of these comics. And that's what I'm hoping because uh, this, this has all the hallmarks of something that can be tremendously successful. And unlike Distillery, another publishing initiative with Snyder and what have you, that's completely been a non-starter. This is different. And, and again, all in one, all in one, you know, relatively inexpensive comic book. You get, I think it's five, five ninety nine. You get four ninety nine, and you get forty pages or something. So it's it's pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm impressed. I'm definitely on board for it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, in terms of the del- that was that's the one thing. I mean, it's not all Jeff Johns. I mean, obviously people are going to be in charge of their own stuff. Again, uh, I'm not sure what the editorial structure is. Knowing Johns. I don't know how much editing he's going to do. Probably not very much. Um, people are going to sort of be on their own is, is my guess. But I, I also think they probably will hire some editors um, to kind of keep the trains running on time. But yeah, it is a concern. Um, and again, I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody, but we have seen that books that have Jeff Johns and Gary Frank, you know, working on them have had delays. So, you know, the question is, don't, you know, are you going to solicit it when it's completely finished or, or, you know, what's, what's, know what's what's the plan here so yeah delays would would definitely hurt it um but in terms of uh the books you know we we mentioned uh some of them so we have release actual release dates for a new geiger number one a red coat number one and a rook number one rocky mentioned uh them being solicited for april and then also some of the ones that we mentioned so rocket fellers we know is coming it's going to be a title there's a hide street um, that's coming. That's going to be a title. We have horns being halo. I described that that's going to be a title. Uh, and then we have something called the soulless. I'm pretty sure that's Brad Meltzer's project. Don't have any details on that yet. And then we have devour and that's the one by uh, Maytel that I mentioned. And all we know, uh, there's a little like one page, little sort of interlude, if you will, in the Hyde street story where this woman who appears to be, um, a little on the heavy side in terms of her weight. She walks into this, uh, this place, this little, almost like a shack store, almost looks like a general store. Uh, and it says fat free grand opening. And, she, uh, she goes in there and there's this one behind the counter that says, Oh, you know, I, if you've had trouble losing weight or what have you, you know, I have, uh, you know, the perfect pill for you. All you'll ever need is one, you know, one diet pill. It's guaranteed to work for anyone. And she holds up this jar. It says devour. Um, and so it, I kind of am thinking about the Stephen King story, Thinner. If you guys know that story, where was a guy that was kind of heavy set and he got cursed. Um, and no matter how much he ate, he couldn't even gain weight. So I wonder if it's something along those lines. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then also First Ghost. We mentioned First Ghost. Uh, you mentioned Sarah Hyde. That, that one uh, also drawn by Brian Hitch um, along with, uh, with Redcoat. <clears throat> but yeah, this woman... Uh, who is not really into politics, is very popular. She becomes an astronaut. She, she's, I think she's, it says she's a teacher. Um, again, we have some of these who's who type pages in here. Um, and yeah, she basically, uh, yeah, she was in the army. She becomes a high school principal actually. And then um, goes up into space as an astronaut, gets super popular, wins the election for president. Of all things, uh, which you know may have sounded far fetched back in the day, doesn't seem so far fetched now with the way things are going with American politics. Um, but then she gets to the White House and realizes that it's haunted, that there's a ghost there, uh, and that's the first ghost. So really curious about 
uh, about that one as well. So, um, Rocky, can you go to the page where we get the um, the images of all the wardens for Rook? Uh, we get to see all the different helmets that give them the ability to communicate and control these animals. Um, I'm kind of yeah, I'm it's on there. Yeah. yeah, so the first one we meet in the so the one that's right above Rook, we we meet him in the story and we know that that's the guy that can control birds. Um, and then the one in the upper left, we also meet, that's the guy that can control swine. Um, and then the one that's down diagonal from the Rook, um, that she's got a character entry in the page as well. She can control wolves. Dire Wolf is her name, but the others we don't see in the story. So I think the one to the left of the Rook, that looks like a turtle to me. Yeah. Uh, and then the one below Direwolf looks like a spider. So I think insects probably, even though technically a spider is not an insect, I get it. But uh, in that same sort of, you know, territory. And then to the right of that, it looks like a ram with the horns. Yeah, interesting and, looking characters, interesting looking masks. Yeah. yeah. To the right of that, we've got what looks like a fox to me. Above that, I'm not sure. I'm guessing bear. I don't know. Bear, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, above, like, <laughs> or a panther on the one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, could that be a panther? Yeah, it could be a I, panther. It, I mean, it, look, it looks kind of bulky. So that's why I'm going with bear. Uh, above that, obviously, is some kind of an elk or deer or what have you. Might just be like horn, horned or hoofed animals. And then the one in the upper right, that's the one where I'm just not sure. So the way the ears stick out, uh, and it almost has like a beak, I kind of was thinking, well, maybe it's a, maybe it's some kind of a, a rodent, but then it also looks like it has little horns. So is it like a goat? Like I, I, I have the upper right, I, I couldn't figure it out. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of animal. Any yeah, guesses? It's uh, no, uh, it, well, the upper right, I'm inclined to think maybe it, it could almost, it does almost look like bird-like or something. But it's got uh, those little like, horns. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of got little horns, but then it looks like it has a beak too. So yeah. it looks really, uh, really weird. Like, a, like it's a hybrid of something, but, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing with Rook Exodus is really odd. It's combining like animals and, and, you know, with, with science, science fiction and exploring and, and, and sort of like terraforming a new world and, and corporate and corporate power. And I'm not really, I'm ironically, I'm not, I love the art, but I got to say that's, it's for me, it's the, it's the one I'm least interested in actually. So it's the one that could surprise me the most. Uh, I mean, I mean, Jason Fabic arcs. I mean, I think artistically, I can imagine it being very challenging for Jason Fabic because it's, he can be so creative with all these masks and everything. And, and frankly, if it's successful, I can just can you imagine all the action figures and the masks and the Halloween? Oh, if it's yeah. successful, it's going to be insane. But uh, it's it is definitely something where this type of excitement right out of the gate, you know, you, you could almost have like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of feel to it, uh, the, the potential for expansion. And by the way, I did pre-order my Ghost I 
I got my Ghost Machine shirt and cap coming. So unfortunately, it hasn't arrived yet in time for this uh, review. But I'm sure we'll, this won't be the first uh, uh, Ghost Machine comic we'll be reviewing. Uh, at, there'll certainly be more coming out uh, in April. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I honestly, I was trying to decide which what I'm looking forward to the most, like which one, and I, I really can't. And I know it kind of sounds like, oh, he's just kissing ass or whatever. I can't, de- I can't decide. Every one of them is interesting to me in different ways. The Rocketfeller one, I mean, the Francis Manipal art and the color work is just fantastic. This idea of this this family, um, it, they got a little bit of quantum leap with the grandma who's still in the future, but she's got a hologram that's being projected back in time somehow them to to talk to um just fantastic just just although one of the things i did notice again just to nitpick uh when you look at the bios again they have little text bios the uh the the mom's name it says because it says birth name and her birth name is her birth name for her last name is is rockefeller and i don't Right. Like that threw me for a second. I was like, wait, I thought that was his wife. What is that? A sister? I was like, no, because wouldn't her birth name be, she'd have a different last name, right? He didn't marry his sister. At least I, I sure hope not. So I think that's just a, an oversight um, that they put the birth name of the mother with the same last name as the, the rest of the family. Uh, but yeah, that one has me really excited. To, like I said before, the devour story has me excited. Uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for these, but I, I, I echo your sentiment that the biggest worry I have for these is, yeah, they're all creator owned and you don't really have anybody telling you what to do, but also you don't have anybody telling you what to do. Like think about the, the biggest struggle that Image Comics itself had when it started back in 92, 93, far and away the biggest complaint and the thing that pissed off retailers was late books, right? Like to the point that books would be on their invoice and they were paying for them and they wouldn't be in the box because they were late and the stores are paying for the books and then they don't even have the book to put up on the shelf to sell. And when it finally did show up, you know, sometimes months later, people had forgotten about it. Nobody wanted it then. And then they were stuck with, you know, hundreds of copies of books they couldn't sell. So yeah, I I was going to say just different, different world now. Hopefully we don't see that kind of behavior from ghost machine. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, my, the, the, my, my second favorite, uh, the one I'm looking to looking forward to, uh, after Hyde street is actually horns being halo. And uh, I like the fact that, you know, uh, cause I believe Peter Tomasi has taken that one as well with art yeah. by uh, Peter Snebjerg or whatever. I'm saying his name wrong. Bjorn Hansen, but uh, Peter J. Tomasi, he, we know he's really good at telling stories for young people. He, he's, he's, he's the guy with Super Sons. He's coming out with Sinister Sons. And the whole idea of Hornsby and Halo, the Rose Hornsby and uh, Zachary Halo, they're, you know, basically, it reminds me of the of the new Genesis apocalypse scenario of dark side, given his son, Orion exchanging sons with the high father, uh, as a way to harbor peace between new Genesis and apocalypse. And of course how they're raised. And so this is sort of a, uh, I don't imagine this is going to be the same, but uh, I, I like the concept. And so, and the fact that these seems they're not aware of their true powers. And, and the fact that they've, they seem to be, they're on different sides of a baseball team in the short story in this, in this, uh, 
opening uh, anthology, so to speak. And but I really like it. I, I like the. I think they're inclined to want to like each other. They're they're clearly opposites, and they got different families. And because you know, I mean, uh, Rose Hornsby is the devil raised by a good family. Zachary Halo is a, is a good guy raised by parents that are jerks because they're evil and the, the way that their their own innate natures manifest themselves throughout the story is something that with uh, Peter Tomasi's imagination should be very very interesting and I imagine for him it's more interesting these characters are potentially more interesting than um uh, then maybe the characters he's accustomed to and he, he's got the freedom to do what he wants and really challenge these characters in a way that maybe he's limited with Super Sons and even with Sinister Sons because he's dealing with corporate characters. So I'm really curious to see where he goes with it. There's baseball in it. So I'm, I'm on board right away, right? I mean, these young kids, they're both yeah. playing, they're playing baseball against each other on opposite teams. That was fantastic to see. But you're right, like Peter J. Damasi writing these characters that are around, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. We know he can do that really, really well. He's sh shown that in the past. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason for for the, that book not to succeed and really for all of these to succeed. So, yeah, I, I imagine we'll be covering more of them uh, in the future. Really excited. And, yeah, I would love to have Jeff Johns on uh, and talk about them. We'll see if we can make that happen. Yeah, and um... – uh, I note that the uh, on the Rockefellers, I like the eclectic array of all the characters. The family is uh, ranging in age from ages nine all the way up to ages 120. And I what a great concept for a series. I, I, it we, we had a comedy sitcom that sort of played with the idea of aliens living on Earth and trying to fit in. But people from the future trying to fit in into the past and, and having a very specific mission. I think that's pretty cool because of their knowledge of the future. And yet they, they, they don't want to upset the apple cart. They don't want to change history. And yet at the same time, they're, they're, they're battling against, they're, they're trying, they're part of the time zone protection program in the future. And they need, their enemy is this person called a vertex and they got to defeat the vertex, but they don't really know what the enemy looks like. And so uh, again, just a very well done uh, way to sort of whet the appetite and another and that's also by Peter Tomasi and Francis Monopole on the art. So, yeah, again, I mean, just really good stories to, you know, I mean, in fact, it's a little frustrating that we got to wait till April. I hope people will come April. Remember how good these, you know, this tease is, because I think three months waiting, having to wait three months to get these stories continued might be a little bit uh, might have been. I don't know if that was necessarily the, the greatest marketing idea. Like I would, you know, I would think. They should come out a month from now, not three months from now. But I understand with the delays and everything else, I'd rather have them come out on time and consistent. Yeah, but if you had done that, then you didn't. You don't give retailers a time to um, to hand sell. And also, if if this if Ghost Machine comes out and then the next month the books start coming out, FOCs already passed. You can't even order any of the books if you're a retailer. So you know you got to order your yeah. books two months ahead of time give them a month to talk about it. I, I think yeah, that's, yeah, I guess that's right. Pre-order and build yeah. up some hype but again. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the insanity of the way the comic industry works. You have to order stuff two months ahead of time, sight unseen before it's even actually been printed. Um, Cause I got to know how much of a print run to, to actually make. So yeah, it's uh it's a little bit insane. Uh, anyway, any other, any other thoughts, Rocky? I know just, uh, I'm, I'm, I was quite pleased with this. I've, I, I, I normally hate variant covers, but I think I've gotten 
I'm pretty sure I've gotten at least four or five of these covers because I just love them. And so I, once again, I embraced my inner hypocrisy and violated my rule and I bought a, bought a bunch of variant covers here, but man, they're gorgeous. So it's hard to resist. What about yourself? Did you have a lot? Of, are you getting more than one cover? Uh, for ghost machine? I think I, I want to say I got three of them. I got the regular cover. I got the foil. I got the Jason Fabuk one. Uh, I think I got the Rocket Fillers one. I might. Cool. I, yeah, I, I got a lot of them. I don't even remember. I don't think I got the Red Coat one. That might have been one I didn't get. But yeah, I got, I got quite a few. <laughs> I mean, I was like you, you know, I, I'm like, I try not to get more than one because, you know, if the inside's the same, what's the point? But they're so, they're so awesome looking that you you know just there's part of me i just wanted to tell my retailer just give them all to, i'll just just give me one of each um but i've i i was able to resist <laughs> i was able to resist doing that uh but yeah i'm really excited for these uh i can't wait till they come out and we get to talk about them uh and experience them a little more so huh, right on well, good. All right. Well, uh, hope you guys all had a chance to pick up uh, a ghost machine. I know my, my retailers got a ton of them. They ordered so many. I, 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 if I had to guess, they probably ordered like a thousand of these books. Now that's for like, let's see how many stores. One, that's for five stores. Might even been, they might even order more than a thousand actually. Well, they had a huge then, promotion. Uh, Jeff Johns was meeting. Uh, if you what if you ordered a hundred copies, they matched them and gave you another hundred copies. They were matching you uh, one for one. Okay. It was so a maybe, huge yeah. promotion. So yeah. maybe they did order like a thousand. Yeah. Because so when you when you went in there last Wednesday, and they've got the wall of of books, uh, and they're probably I'd say like fifteen feet at least fifteen feet. You know the shelves, and there's like six of them. One whole six foot or fifteen foot shelf was just Ghost Machine. <laughs> it was just all the different covers. So crazy. Yeah. Yep. And the guys at the counter were like, buy ghost machine, buy ghost machine. So yeah, I'm sure they have a ton of them. But anyway, that's going to do it for uh, for this episode, everybody. Hope you've had a chance to check out Ghost Machine. Hopefully your retailer still has some and you can go and pick out whichever cover uh, you want. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us as always. Don't forget to subscribe to Rocky's channel if you're listening to the audio-only version of this. Head over to YouTube, Comic Space Boom, exclamation point is a channel. Uh, leave some comments. Let us know your thoughts on Ghost Machine, any of these particular stories that you're uh, that you're really looking forward to. Don't forget to subscribe and ring that notification bell so you know when uh, Rocky uh, puts out new content. That channel, uh, Comic Boom, is where we do our DC Spotlight every week. So we want to be sure and check it out. Conversely, if you are watching this on YouTube and you're curious about the other audio-only content or the Spawn Daily, uh, do a search for the Comic Source on YouTube. You'll find our channel where we do uh, the complete Spawn chronology every day. Uh, and then most of our other content is uh, on whatever you listen to your podcast on. Just go to your favorite podcast platform. Do a search for the Comic Source. You'll find us there. You can subscribe. Go back and listen to our thousands of previous episodes. Uh, join us for interviews and convention coverage and all of that. So, as always, we appreciate the support. Uh, and we will talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. 
If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.